Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Rob Wheel, and I am an author, uh, game designer, and professional nerd. My pronouns are he, him. And tonight, we are uh, playing the inaugural episode of a, a brand new actual play that we are calling You Only Live Dice, uh, featuring myself, uh, the lovely and talented uh, Danielle Bryn, and the lovely and talented Lord of the Board, Brad Davies. Um, this game uh, that we are playing is uh, a classic role-playing design, uh, and it is the James Bond 007 role-playing game uh, from Victory Games in 1983. Now, um, uh, there are a few reasons why uh, we decided to, to fire up this particular um, game in this solo play. Um, and one reason is uh, it's actually built for a one-on-one -on -one role playing experience because to um, uh, model the, uh, the IP in which it was based, uh, it encourages uh, game masters to run with a single double O agent. Now there are options to run with, you know, smaller groups of like two or four uh, people, but um, it, it, it was built uh, with uh, a solo one-on-one -on -one gaming idea in mind, which at the time was revolutionary. Um, another reason I chose it, uh, we, we chose this game is um, uh, we won't, we've been working ever since Danielle um, moved to, uh, to Atlanta. We've been trying to figure out a way to uh, have her, come back and be part of and do more stuff with us. And um, we, this, now that we are more familiar with taping remotely and, and taping Zoom stuff, we uh, felt like it was a better opportunity to be able to reach out and, and try something like this. And Danielle was lovely enough to agree uh, to uh, come and be a spy for us. Um, and, and number three, she's never actually seen many James Bond movies. So this is going to be a new experience for her. Um, and uh, what's interesting about the, the, the game in, in this regard is that many of the, actually all, almost all of the scenarios are based on James Bond films. Um, so we're going to be playing the Goldfinger scenario tonight. Um, but these scenarios are actually modified so that they don't follow the beats of the film exactly because you don't want to play an RPG where the people already know what the story is going to be. Um, so they've modified it and then I've modified it further, um, uh, both for my personal preferences as well as, uh, for what I think Danielle will find more engaging in, in the material. Um, so, uh, speaking of that, uh, let's introduce our single mind player here tonight. Uh, <laughs> so she can, um, introduce herself, maybe, uh, talk a little bit about your character and what's one James Bond thing you remember. Like, I don't want to completely, I don't want to tell you as like, I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming that you have, have seen, you know, a movie once or, you know, I don't know. Tell us about your, your actual James Bond experience. Sure. Um, well, I am Danielle Bryn, she, her, hers. And 
I am playing a double O agent. Um, not, well, I don't know if we decided if it's actually 007 or if I'm 008, but. Uh, well, we've got about uh, 10 to 15 minutes to figure that out. Right. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen any of the films all the way through. I've seen maybe a few snippets. Like remember when we used to watch movies on TV in the olden times? Um, you know, I would flip through TV Guide and maybe there would be a movie on. I just remember the woman painted in gold. And that's okay. literally all I remember. I don't know jack shit about James Bond. So okay. it's going to be a wild ride and I'm very here for it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and um, so is that just what you remember about Goldfinger or is that what you remember about the Bond movies? I remember like, about the Bond Toto. Like okay. I know that like there were a couple of them like Sean Connery and... Um, Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan and the other guy. There's, there's actually two other guys. The, and also the. Um, <laughs> other it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Like, I, um, I'm a fan of the the Bond films, uh, because they connect with important people in my life. Like I used to watch uh, the Roger Moore Bonds with. Um, um, with my grandpa and my dad and so there there is a definite comfort food sense of it um and there's also an exotic you know, travelogue element of it too of like you know am i ever going to get to uh you know to hong kong am i ever going to get to these places i don't know um your dreams but, well but but uh it is um you know it, it's it that's part of the allure like you know these these super spy stories are just as much fantasy as Lord of the Rings. You know, like what's the difference between Mount Doom and the Blofeld volcano layer? Like it's it's your it, it, there's a lot of parallels there. But um, I also found it interesting to do this setup because there are a lot of problematic elements in those films. Um, that you kind of have to figure out how do you deal with that? Uh, like there, uh, so we're going to try to, to wrestle with some of that as we play and hopefully we'll be able to address it while still having action packed, you know, super spy adventure excitement, but also maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the racism and the sexism and the misogyny and, 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 and all of that. Um, and that was something that, that Danielle and I, in in prepping for the series discussed of like how how issue how much of these issues do we want to to address and how much are we just kind of go well you know that is a thing but we have to move past it to keep going forward um and one of the reasons we talked about that is we discussed in what era these our stories are going to be set so this is a, a bond alternate universe um and we decided to have them be set in the time frame of the original Bond films, which were the 1960s, um, which does mean that Danielle, as a as a, a, a female agent, a is going to be dealing with some sexism and some, you know, uh, uh, those these struggles as of, of a working woman, even if the job is, you know, saving the world. Um, and we're also going to, you know, deal with some queer content as well, because, you know, that's that's something that Daniel really 
wants to have in all the shows that she does. I, I think it's great. Um, so um, we're gonna we're gonna do some super spike spashing. We're maybe gonna do a little bit of smooching, um, but uh, hopefully in the end we're gonna have a ton of fun. Um, so I guess let's get started. We begin our uh, our adaptation of Goldfinger um, in the uh, in the Q labs of MI6. MI6 is the British intelligence agency uh, that is central to the James Bond story. And um, these scenes in the films are often basically there for sort of a little bit of comedic relief because there's always testing strange gadgets in the background and, you know, like rocket launchers that look like leg lamps and, you know, um, telephone booths that inflate with a, um, a knockout gas kind of stuff. Um, and the camera pans uh, across some of these gags until it focuses on our main character. So Danielle, if you would like to introduce our main character, that would be a great way to start here. All right, well, my character's name is Celia Ward. She is roughly my age, 30, 31. Um, her appearance is striking. So you would notice her on the street. Um, and she's relatively tall, 5'10". Um, she is a scientist at heart. So that's her background. So you can see her kind of pouring over chemicals. She's been working on um, various nerve agents um, for the double O's. So she's got, you know, her big glasses on and, um, you know, the lab coat, and she's pouring a couple of things. And um, all of a sudden, one of them bubbles up and poofs her in the face. So she's just got like some weird green speckle <laughs> just like on her forehead and her goggles. And she's just like, oh, oh, cripes. I'm just, um, good thing nobody saw that. Okay. <laughs> um, there is a, uh, uh, one, one of the other scientists says, uh, uh, Miss Ward, the, there's a telephone call for you. Is it, for me, there's a telephone call? Yes. Uh, and, and he comes like, he like, comes walking around the corner and and it's like yes I it, it's uh, it's from the head office it's from Miss Money ah and he sees like you know the weird like green paint splash that you have up the side of your face what is everything all right uh um you have a bit of um green on you um oh but, uh, right um so. he he holds out the phone thank you um <clears throat> hello. Is this Miss Celia Ward? Yes, this is Celia Ward. Um, how can I help you? Uh, this is Miss Moneypenny. I'm uh, M's secretary. Uh, do you have a minute? Um, right now? Uh, yes, preferably. Uh, M does not like to be kept waiting. Oh, um, yes, yes. I can let me, um, give me five and I'll be up in a jiffy. Thank you. So... And she goes, oh my God, I have to come in. Huh. Hmm. And she like takes her lab coat and tries to like wipe the green off. But like <laughs> one of her eyebrows is still partially green. Um, she does her best to like dust herself off and she leaves her lab coat and she's just got on a simple black turtleneck underneath. Mm -hmm. Tactical, of course. Um, 
So we cut to um, uh, Ms. Ward as she comes into uh, Miss Moneypenny's uh, office, uh, and uh, Moneypenny looks up, and, and you can t and you can tell she kind of has a similar reaction of like, um, well, if you're ready, uh, M will see you. Just to rub the green off of her eyebrow, it's not coming off, and she it, just, 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 dear, just go in. She's not. He's not going to care what color your eyebrows are. <laughs> Right. Thank you. Um, okay, then. So I go. Uh, and you make your way into the, uh, through the, the, the red double doors, and uh, uh, you arrive inside just as, as M has finished lighting his pipe, and his uh, f face is obscured by, uh, you know, pipe smoke. Yeah. Uh, sit down, Miss Ward. What are you doing this evening? Um, I was uh, planning on reading my book and taking a couple of notes on the um, new acidic compounds that I've been working on and um, spending time with the cat. I think you might want to change your plans then. Why, is something wrong? I'm having a formal dinner this evening, and I want you to attend it. Why? I mean, thank you. Why? We're going to be uh, we're going to be meeting with Colonel Martin Smithers and Bill Tanner, uh, my chief of staff. We have an assignment we wish to to discuss with you. All right. Um, pleasure's all mine. Happy to do it. Um, are your, are your travel papers in order? Yes, I believe I, I had my passport after the last quarter. Excellent. Well, um, uh, I'll let Q know that uh, you're off for the rest of the day. Uh, make sure to, to, uh, get something nice and formal. Um, Colonel Smithers is, is a bit of a traditionalist. Dress, right. Yes. Understood. All right. All right. I'll, I'll see you this evening. Okay. Uh, we cut to um, Ward getting out of her car um, in front of the Smithers Manor. Yes, Manor. Um, this is England. We have yeah. manners. All right. We have um, men. Hey. I didn't. <laughs> if only I was that funny on purpose. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so uh, what, what sort of dress do you, um, do you wear to this event? So it is, a... there's going to, this is a James Bond movie, uh, James Bond game. So you are going to have to, you know, dress up at, uh, in fancy clothes every now and again. I'm so sorry. Danielle likes dressing up in fancy clothes. Mm. So she has pulled her hair down. She always wears it up. Nobody has ever seen her hair down. Um, she is wearing a calf length, dark red off the shoulder dress. Um, some kind of um, crushed velvet material. And she holds a clutch. Um, and one of her eyebrows is still a little green. She did her best, <laughs> but she couldn't get it all the way off. Um, she chose a dark lip and no jewelry. Okay. 
Um, so you have dinner with um, M, Bill Tanner, and um, Colonel Smithers. Uh, the dinner is served by um, his 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 major domo uh, Brunskill, and um, uh, after dinner uh, you adjourn to the uh, uh, the study to for brandy and cigars. And uh, this is and you you've never done anything like this before like like you are yeah like you you are like you are waiting for them to kind of be like oh you're here what get out what are you doing this is what this is what rich uh englishmen do she's just holding Um, her clutch like very tightly to just (laughs) hold herself together if she can just keep a grab on this clutch everything's gonna be fine (laughs) Uh, so what I want you to do, uh, because I want to test out the, the the roles here a little bit, is I want you to make uh, a connoisseur role. Um, okay. uh, you have the ability. Uh, I believe it's just ability. It's not a, a full-on skill. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just says ability. Okay. Um, so it's just a primary chance of... A second. 20. Uh, 20 okay so let's talk about the, this is our our you know press x to punch tutorial role here um so you're uh, uh all of uh celia's skills are rated with a primary chance and then there is what's called an ease factor and that's the number that the primary chance is multiplied by to um give a a uh a, a, a roll highway essentially that uh, Danielle will have to roll underneath to be successful. Um, and the simple math of it is you have the primary chance, you multiply it by the ease factor, and that's what you got to roll under on percentile dice. Um, in this case, the ease factor is a four. Okay. So that means you've got to get an 80 or lower to, to be successful. So go ahead and roll it. All right, here we go. I got a 14. All right. Fucking low. Um, so the dinner was superb, but uh, you felt that the brandy was a disappointing 30-year-old fine, indifferently blended with an, with an overdose of uh, Bon Bois. Um, I just do a little, just a little sniff at the end. Just. Okay. Uh, and as we cut to you in, um, uh, in the meeting with the, the rest of the, the, the men, um, uh, Bill Tanner is, uh, is, was, was discussing the, 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 um, uh, is discussing the, the, the meal and, and says, um, and I felt personally, I've never, uh, enjoyed brandy more than, uh, w- with this particular meal, um. Uh, tell me, Ms. Ward, what did you uh, think of the brandy? You know, I thought it was a good pairing for the particular dish. Mm. Fair enough. Um, I'm. Uh, are you going to be smoking with us, or are you just going to clutch your purse all evening? I'd be delighted for a cigar. Well, um, and he, uh, I, I'm assuming that you've never smoked one before, Ms. Ward? 
No, you're right. You've caught me. Well, then I guess I'll, I'll choose something uh, that's a bit light for you so you don't uh, cough, your, uh, cough your way into a coma. How thoughtful of you. Um, uh, and... Um, Very tight-lipped. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's definitely... You definitely get that feeling that he's like, why is it? Why is this woman here in our? There is a our, woman in my house. <laughs> well, the Smithers, it's Smithers's house, but uh, Tanner is one of your bosses at MI six. Like it. he, he is like M is M is in charge. Chief of staff is basically the liaison to the rest of the government. Um, so you're like. You're definitely get you're definitely getting the feeling from uh, Chief Staff Tanner that he doesn't want you here, um, but he you know gives you the cigar and he and he lights it for you. And I do I have to roll to see if I can do it well? You know, puff it. Yeah, let's do it. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, let's do a actually let's do a a, a connois- another connoisseur roll, except right. this time you're. Uh, Ease factor is three. Okay. <laughs> so I have to get under a 60. Mm-hmm. 46. Okay. Um, I think, for, so 46, I think uh, there there is, you, you do give off an initial cough, but then I think you can play it off as like, you know, oh, well, when I was smoking and, and, and I, Rob does not know a lot about cigars, but you're able to kind of play it off as like when I was smoking these other types of cigars, I didn't um, I never liked this particular element of them. So the, this is fine. Like you you because you're it, it's run the dialogue. Go ahead. It's a little harsh on the intake, a little bit of ashiness in the back of your throat. But once you get used to it, it's rather nice. <laughs> Um, you, you definitely, uh, see, uh, um, uh, M and, uh, Smithers exchange some English eyebrows and then, um, uh, and then Smithers uh, clears his throat and says, <clears throat> well, I guess it's time uh, to actually talk about, uh, uh, the business at hand here. Um, now, uh, as you know, we at the Bank of England are the official depository for, uh, gold bullion, just as Fort Knox, Kentucky is for the United States. Uh, we know the amounts that both countries hold, the amounts deposited in the other banks, and what is being held for industrial purposes. Uh, this enables the two governments to establish, respectively, the true value of the dollar and the, the pound. Consequently, we're vitally concerned about unauthorized leakages and the discovery of any new veins. Uh, gold is very popular amongst the criminal element uh, because once it's been melted down and recast, it is virtually untraceable. Uh, this makes an attractive target for some of the most ingenious criminals around. We do keep our investigatory staff rather busy maintaining tabs on people who traffic in gold, and most of them are on the up and up. Uh, they report their holdings, they pay their taxes and the like, but there are a few who don't. And we manage to keep track of them, and sooner or later they'll get careless, at which point that's when we wish to uh, get your organization involved. Um, frankly, our most resourceful men have been thwarted by one man, 
his name is Auric Goldfinger. I don't expect you to know about him, but he keeps a pretty low profile, but is well known in industrial circles. Celia uh, chuckles at the last name Goldfinger because that's <laughs> the dumbest thing she's ever heard. <laughs> um, and Tanner is like, is there something amusing that you'd like to share with us, Miss Ward? <clears throat> no, I'm so sorry. Ashy, tickle, in the throat. Please continue. <laughs> Um, we know that Goldfinger has gold bullion and uh, deposit in Zurich, Amsterdam, Caracas, and Hong Kong, valued at about 60 million pounds. There's always been some question about the origin of, of his gold and the methods used to transfer it to those countries, but we, we've been unable to prove anything. It's unusual that such a wealthy man would want to smuggle and take such a risk. Um, but it seems that he has an absolute passion for the substance and has been extolling its virtues for as long as anyone seems to remember. Uh, when the worldwide price of gold skyrocketed some 20 years back, the value of gold increased 15 to 20 fold. Most speculators were satisfied beyond their dreams, but it just served to fuel Goldfinger's lust for it. Uh, with no compunctions, he'll do anything to increase the amount of gold he holds or its value. Now, our people have investigated his factories and offices. We even put in some undercover operatives, and they've turned up nothing. Uh, if his actions have stayed with smuggling, sooner or later we would catch him, but recent involvements indicate that action should be taken fast, uh, faster than we can take it. Um, Goldfinger is the silent backer of a number of new gold mines in some of the uh, major gold-producing areas in the world. Now... This is not illegal, but it is rather unusual. The average minimum cost entailed in starting up a, and maintaining a mine until it shows profit is somewhere between uh, four or five million pounds. It's usually much more. Uh, even uh, after such an uh, ex uh, expenditure, the vein may prove to be short-lived and you never would see a return on the investment. It's quite a, a, a gamble, to be honest with you. So you can see why these moves would pique our interests and why we've called on MI6. Our powers in and out of this country are severely limited, whereas you chaps uh, uh, <clears throat> and uh, ladies um, can move around with decidedly more freedom. M says, what we want you to do, Miss Ward, is find out what this Goldfinger fellow is up to and report all the details back to us if he's indeed been smuggling gold and you uh, and you determine how then uh smithers can inform the bank of england what sort of action uh, they need to take uh if he is uh doing anything illegal you you want me in the field m looks at bill tanner and tanner goes you're not the first agent that we've sent to investigate Goldfinger. We sent 007 uh, to look in on Mr. Goldfinger's activities and he trailed him to Florida in the United States and uh, he sent a, a telegram. And um, Tanner pull, reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a, a telegram. Well, this morning we received word from our friend, our cousins in Washington. James Bond was found dead in a hotel room in Miami, Florida. 
his neck was broken, as far as the authorities can determine, he was struck with a blunt instrument. Someone knew just where and how to hit him. The vertebrae was snapped clean. And death was instantaneous. <clears throat> Tanner uh, pipes in. Uh, there's also a young uh, lady in the room identified as one Jill Masterson. Reports indicated that she was a traveling secretary or um, companion to Goldfinger. What companion means is definitely uh, something that is up for debate, but um, as far as we can tell, it was a business arrangement. Um, Ms. Masterson was also dead, but um, she was killed in a very unusual manner. She died of suffocation due to her entire body being covered with a thick layer of gold paint. Um, it's, uh, it's an unusual way to go. Uh, it was discovered, strangely enough, by, um, cabaret dancers, as I recall. If you're covered in gold paint, you have to leave a patch of your skin unpainted to allow it to breathe, otherwise you suffocate. Um, the th authorities in Miami questioned Mr. Goldfinger, but his alibi was airtight. M, uh, takes a puff of his cigar. It's my opinion that Goldfinger likely killed them both or had them killed. It would be too much of a coincidence. Uh, so while um, Colonel Smithers wants you to investigate things on the banker's end, we want you to tell us what happened to 007. Um, he must be up to something if he decided to kill one of our 00 agents. Um, Now, the proposition on the table that, we, that I have here, Miss Ward, uh, duly noted against uh, Chief of Staff Tanner's uh, objections, is that should you be successful in this mission, we'll be giving 007's number to you. Oh, that's unexpected. There have been, uh, we, we've been keeping an eye on you. You've completed all the training for the double O agent and it was only your unfortunate accident that took you out of the running. And I believe that rather than risk another double O agent uh, in this process, it would be It would be an excellent opportunity um, to see if you have what it takes. So I'm expendable. Uh, Tanner gruffly laughs and says, every double O agent is expendable, Miss Ward. But in this case, rather than wasting the services of somebody that we spent years training for the work, as a favor to the colonel, we, we want to know what happened to Agent Bond. And if you uh, succeed, fantastic. If you don't, well, then perhaps we'll need to make other arrangements in uh, dealing with Mr. Goldfinger. 
Understood. When shall I report? <clears throat> well, um, in this case, it seems like you have a bit of a lucky break, Miss Ward. Um, Goldfinger is currently here in England um, on a golfing holiday at the Royal St. Mark's course, uh, about 30 miles outside of London. Um, the day after tomorrow, he has filed a flight plan uh, to uh, head to Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, and we believe that he is heading there to uh, inspect one of his gold mines under Auric Mining. Um, and um, we, we also know that he never goes anywhere without his uh, classic Rolls Royce. Um, the, the flight plan that he's uh, filed uh, is for a cargo transport plane with a luxury suite uh, so that uh, he can fly along with his precious vehicle. Uh, well, then, if you're up, if you're up for the challenge, Miss Ward, says Tanner, you can get your full briefing and uh, CTQ branch for any sort of uh, extra equipment that uh, he feels like doling out to you for this operation. Do you have any questions for us? No, I think you stated everything quite plainly. Very good. I uh, look forward to seeing your report on Mr. Goldfinger. Good. And, and uh, uh, M says, good luck, Celia. Thank you, sir. She inclines her head, grabs her clutch. And, and we, we cut back to uh, Q Branch, where um, you have probably changed, like, what have you changed into for your field gear? Oh, for my field gear. Yeah. Okay. Are um, you getting your <laughs> hair goes up? Oh, yeah. Um, so hair goes up and she's got a holster. Um, Celia likes pants. So she's wearing pants. Um, okay. They're probably polyester because this is the 60s. Um, but she's got, I think, just pants and a simple blouse um, and a, a dark colored jacket with sensible shoes because real agents do not run around in stiletto boots because you will trip <laughs> and break your ankle. And that's not how you secret agent. That is definitely not how you secret agent. I rest okay. my case. <laughs> we uh, cut to probably the next morning where um, uh, Celia reports to Q Branch to get her uh, equipment. Uh, and she is handling this with uh, the typical uh, upper, stiff upper lip British aplomb that you might expect uh, from a, a, double o, a potential double O agent. Q, are, are you in? Ah, oh, 007. Q, is there anyone else with you? No, just me. Q! <laughs> are you aware of what has happened? I called you 007, didn't I? Uh, oh, right, you did. God, I missed that. But uh, I'm, I work in the lab. The lab is my home. And now I you do, work in the field. I, 
Q, I'm not ready for this. Oh, you finished your training, right? You're 007. I finished my training up until the car accident that left shattered glass in my lung. And, and a scar left... about as wide as a, you know, the Thames, so. And would have left a lesser person dead. So. So you are 007. And I am to outfit you. <clears throat> so, uh, time is burning. And he, and I, I think Q is like, uh, he's a paunchy fellow. He's got that like, that like, fifties dude kind of paunch to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, I think he has that like, that gesture of like, you know, he's he's distinguished, but he's definitely like the uh, uh, Adonis past his prime. Like he used to probably used to do some field <laughs> stuff, but he's now like paunchy. Uh, he definitely has like the uh, the Caesar ring going. Uh, with a little bit of wispiness going over the top. Uh, uh, it has gone either white or gray by now. And clean shaven, of course. Uh, so, um, I was told to give you a couple things here. Uh, I believe this would work fine for you. And he pulls out uh, uh, a, a a set of three perfume vials. Pick one. Do I smell unpleasant? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, you don't want to use this on yourself. Uh, you see, and he pulls out one, and uh, uh, this here is a, a tear gas. Um, uh, you can see by the violets, it's called rain, of course, because it makes your eyes rain. Celia chuckles, because that is very clever. <laughs> uh, and then this one is uh, good night. Which obviously is the knockout one. Uh, uh, good night, kiss. Good night, kiss. Yes. Uh, good night, kiss. Uh, and it's it's a it's a smaller vial, so he's like, obviously you don't have too many good night kisses, of course. <laughs> well, one has it. to be prudent with one's kisses. Oh, cool. And then he pulls out uh, the last one, and it's even smaller. Um, and I think it is uh, it, it's something like um, Black Widow, I would think. Yeah. And this, the finest of fragrances, Black Widow. Um, I shall take goodnight kiss. This is, uh, incidentally, is this the nerve agent I've been working on? Oh, oh no, no, that's the, that's the, uh, Black Widow. Oh, good. No, no, no. Well, listen, I don't need any more green eyebrows, so. <laughs> Good night. Really I mean, you could even it out a little bit, and no one would notice. <laughs> oh, so you so it's noticeable. Only in the right light. Uh, anyways, uh, and he continues on down to the workbench, and he's uh, and he picks through some stuff. <sighs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. well, don't just don't just throw them. I've worked hard on those compounds. <laughs> 007, you know how budgets work. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if we break it, we used it. Yes, right. <laughs> and, and then he, ah, perfect. And he pulls out a, the, the, a compact. Uh, you see, uh, 
you might as well use it to your advantage. And he opens it up and it and has like the radio dials in it um, for when you need to touch up in the field, but also need to communicate. He hands it over to you. Oh, oh that's incredibly clever. I'm seeing a theme here. Perfume, compact. We are using the fact that I am a woman. Of course. If people are going to underestimate you, you might as well use it to your advantage. Q, they don't expect me to survive the mission. From what I hear, if you survive the mission, you become a 007 indefinitely. And, uh, you know I don't lie. Uh, no, I know. So don't make me a liar. And then he walks over. <laughs> and then he and then he just walks away. He's like, uh, well, uh, <laughs> Bond did have his taste. Uh, so I didn't have a chance to uh, turn this to something that you might want to drive. But hopefully it suffices. Uh, Ward. Your your chariot arrives, or your chariot awaits, and he points out the Aston Martin. Uh, I believe it's a DB5. Um, Bond was particularly uh, fond of them. Um, it's very but, shiny. Uh, it is, and it has all the accoutrements of such a car. Oh, as in gadgetry accoutrement? I'll leave that one to you to figure out. Uh, so give uh, give me a. I believe you have science as a skill. Uh, yes, I do. So why don't you go ahead and give me that as a as a role here? At ease factor what? Uh, if I don't declare an ease factor, assume that it is five. Oh, got it. Okay. That is is double zero just zero? No, double zero is bad. Double zero is hundred. Yeah. Okay, so that is 102, which is incidentally under 150, so I'm fine. Okay. So wait, you rolled 102? Yes, well, I, so I rolled a double zero, and I rolled a two. Oh, okay. I thought you rolled two oh. zeros. So you, ro- so you rolled a, z- a two. That's a two. two. <laughs> oh, that's great then. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great then. <laughs> I, rolled, I rolled a two, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you are... You are already aware of the the uh, the special modifications. Uh, there are fifty caliber machine guns that are mounted behind uh, the front parking lights. Uh, there are tire slashers that pop out of the um, the hubcaps. Uh, there are extending bumpers um, that. Uh, can, can extend out and allow you to push cars off of the road. And the center panel has a tracking radar screen with an accompanying homing device that you can plant on people, places, or things to track them. Incidentally, what was the model of car that Celia crashed? I don't know. You tell me. Do we think it was an Aston Martin? Probably, if if that if if you want this to if you want uh, the the Bond car to also be about Celia conquering her her fears, I think that's great. Great. So Celia looks at the car and she gets flashbacks to um, hitting a a broken bridge. The concrete is crumbling, and um, 
the car flips in midair and it crashes on its head. And she tries, she pulls herself back from the memory. Probably with a few, you know, pips from Hugh being like, 007. Yeah, I, I, I think that's when, uh, Ward, Ward. Sorry. Um, and, and that's when he squares up, uh, squares up on, uh, 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 Ward and he looks, this isn't the one you crashed. I know it's not the exact one that I crashed. That one's totaled, but. <laughs> that one you can put in a suitcase and <laughs> nail it. Ward. Yes. You have a future now. You've survived that one. Put it behind you and drive forward. And he and then he goes and opens the door. Thank you for your faith in me. Of course, Ward. I always thought you had it in you. And I. uh, I uh, always thought you deserved it. And it was a terrible shame what they did to you. Good luck, Ward, and Godspeed. Do my very best to make you proud. I'll see you later, 007. And that is where I think we will cut our first act of our You Only Live Dice playthrough of of Goldfinger. We'll be back in just a few moments uh, with Act 2 of our of our version of this uh, uh, classic spy tale, so be sure to come back and see how Celia Ward handles her first time out in the field. We'll see you then. <laughs>